Are you really ready for a new job? That is the question that has come up as a result of a few conversations that I've had over the last couple of weeks with current clients as well as some prospective clients. So I wanted to talk about some ways you could answer that question in today's episode. And in case you were wondering, you are listening to How Does She Do It? Episode 67. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It? My name is Tiffany, and through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact at work and in your calling. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. On the show notes, you will be able to find links to connect with me across social media, and you'll also find any relevant links that I've mentioned in the episode, as well as any downloads that are available for this episode. But if you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two Fs. You can also connect with the show on Twitter and Instagram at how does underscore she do it. And before we get into this week's Just My Thoughts, I just want to say thank you for your continued five-star ratings and reviews. If you haven't had a chance to do so already, go to the Apple Podcast app and you can search for the podcast, scroll down, tap write a review, and then you can rate the show and leave a review there. I also found this new podcast app called CastBox and it's kind of fly. So if you haven't checked it out and if the Apple Podcast app annoys you, I won't say anything about that. Feel free to check out CastBox. It's another great podcast app and should be a good time. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy some of the things that I share here, if you want to stay connected to between episodes, please feel free to text. How does she do it as one word to 444-999. Again, text. How does she do it as one word to 444-999 and you will be added to the email community. And with that, let's get into this week's just my thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share recommendations, reviews, or rejections of something that I have come across between episodes in pop culture, on social media. And this week, I am rejecting two things. Number one, the people who are judging people who wanted to watch and who cared about the royal wedding. Why we got to be like that? Like, why do you have to be mad that other people are enjoying the royal wedding and they're posting things on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook? Like, let people live. There's nothing wrong with that, especially in a world where every other thing, if not all of the things on the news are negative or there's, you know, OD coverage of the train wreck that is the current presidential administration and people are seeking joy and happiness from something else that's happening really well in somebody else's life. Like, let people live. And the second thing that I'm rejecting are the people who had anything negative to say about the sermon delivered during the royal wedding. So there is a bishop by the name of Michael Curry, who is, I believe, the current head of the Episcopalian Church in the United States. This is the first time a black bishop 
or let me not say a black bishop. This is the first time an American bishop has presided over the royal wedding. And I'm pretty sure it's probably the first time a black person presided over the royal wedding, but I haven't done my research on that. So if you know the answer to that, feel free to let me know. But people were taking issue with the fact that he basically gave a sermon in the course of presiding over the wedding, which is not uncommon if you go to black weddings, right? I've sat in on black weddings where the sermon was, if not 10 minutes, very close to it, or a little bit longer than that. So it's something that is common in, I think, the black American church tradition, but people were taking issue with it being the fact that they were, this is the British wedding and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? A black woman, a biracial woman, a biracial, a black American woman, married into the royal family. So there's about to be a lot of cultural mixing that's going to happen going forward. Maybe not a whole lot on the, you know, overt in front of the cameras because this is royalty, there are all these traditions, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but let let these people live. Let him live and if you actually listen to the sermon, it was pretty good. Like he first of all he talked about love. He talked about his main refrain and kind of the, the theme that he repeated was when love is the way and what this world would look like when love is the way. He talked about the couple, but people were really critical of the fact that he was bringing emotion and prop and what really what it comes down to he is, is he was bringing black church tradition into what is known to be a very stoic and unemotional environment. And I get those concerns. I get the, the, I guess the message there is maybe know your audience, but you know what? Shout out to him for being bold. Shout out to him for trying something different, for being true to who he was, which is something that not all of us can say we would do given the stage and given the pressure of what the expectations probably were placed on him at the time when he was given this opportunity. But we also don't know what the couple asked him to do. We also don't know what conversations were given to were were discussed with him. We don't know what liberties he were he was given in order to give this uh to give this kind of message. And even if he wasn't given any liberties, he wasn't saying anything bad. He wasn't saying anything that people should be upset about in a world where love is often a, an afterthought or something that is mistaken for just an emotion or something that's very surface or transactional. He spoke about it from a biblical, like Christ-based perspective, which is huge and which is something that I think we could all benefit from. So I am here for Bishop Michael Curry. I'm here for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, who are now who's now the Duchess of Sussex, I believe it is. And, you know, everyone who took joy in seeing the ceremony and took joy in looking at the pictures and all the people who looked fly in all of their, you know, British wedding attire, shout out to all y'all. And don't be like the people who got to have a reason to critique and be mad about everything. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. I started this episode posing the question, are you really ready for a new job? And it has come out of 
the conversations that I've had with prospective clients, with current clients, with colleagues, with friends of mine who are in certain transition spaces in their career. Now, if you live in the United States and you are fully employed, you spend most of your waking hours at work. If you're talking about a traditional work week, or even if you work, you know, a non-traditional work week, you spend many of your waking hours at work. And that means you are probably employed by somebody else. You're working for a small company. You're working for a major corporation. You're working for a, you know, you're in white collar work. You're in blue collar work. Either way, you are employed by someone else. We live in a time right now where there is a increased emphasis on starting your own business. And this emphasis of starting your own business and entrepreneurship is often kind of couched with this glorification of running a business and being your own boss on one hand. And on the other hand, the shaming and kind of bad mouthing people who don't want to be full-time entrepreneurs, which is not cool. First of all, this country, in order for any business to run, whether if you're a full-time entrepreneur, you need people to work for you, right? So somebody has to be in the employment of somebody else in order for all of the businesses that are running in order for them to run. And some people are solo and some people don't have to hire anybody else. But at some point, if you're running a business, you're going to be paying somebody else to do something for you, whether it's short term or long term. But I wanted to talk specifically about what it means when you are in a full-time job, you are okay working a full-time job. You don't want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you think about wanting to have a side hustle. You're not really sure, but your goal is not to be your own boss in the sense that you're running your own business full-time. And there's no shame in that. There's a lot to be gained in that. There's a lot of pros to being employed in a company. There are a lot of pros and cons to running your own business, but you know we're not going to talk about the second part of that. What we're going to talk about is that turning point that people get to when they say, okay, I'm in this job. I'm cool with you know working a job. I'm okay with that. I don't want to be an entrepreneur, but... I'm also ready to start looking for something else. I don't want to be in the job that I am in right now. I don't want to be in the career that I'm in right now. A lot of people find themselves unsatisfied at work because they are either being underutilized, their work does not align with their values, their work does not align with the purpose that they believe God has placed within them, and they recognize that their time is up in the space that they are currently in. And I have been in that space a few times in my career and I work with clients in this space. And it's often a really exciting and hard and kind of difficult time to be in. But for a lot of people, you don't get to that point where it's like on Friday, you decide you're ready to apply for a new job. And on Monday, you're starting to apply for a new job. This process of thinking about being a little bit unsatisfied, being ready to make another move, but not really sure when or how. A lot of that happens in the background over on and off over years for many people. And 
oftentimes it's not something that we consciously spend a lot of time on. So you know that you would be, would consider another opportunity if the right time, if the right one came across your desk. So you mess around a little bit on LinkedIn, you look up random job descriptions, you tweak your resume, maybe, maybe you even apply to a job, but you haven't actively kind of put yourself out there. But what happens when you get to a point where you get a questionable evaluation that you didn't see coming at your job? What happens when you get a couple weeks notice that your position is about to be eliminated? Or what happens when all of a sudden you go from being, you know what, okay with where you are to saying, you know what, I have to leave right now where that desire that was building up kind of under the surface for years and weeks and months, all of a sudden becomes so urgent that you are ready to like, you think you're ready to walk away tomorrow. So I want to talk about four things that you should do before you get ready to apply or start seeking out a new job. The first thing you should do is to reflect on your career story. What is your career story? Your career story is basically the trajectory and journey that you have been on since you got your first job post like high school or college, right? I'm not talking about the the jobs that you had when you were in high school, the, you know, little McDonald's and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the job that has become your full-time thing. What How did you get there? Many people, especially if you've been working in the same place or same role organization for like more than two or three years, you can start to stagnate without even realizing it because something is steady. The job is steady. The pay is steady. The work is steady. It's consistent. You know what to expect. Maybe you've gotten a couple incremental raises here or there. Maybe you've gotten a promotion here or there, but it hasn't been something that you have like been intentional about. So I think this first step is really important because you have to know where you have been before you can figure out where you want to go. I'll say that again. You have to figure out and know where you have been before you can figure out where you want to go. You have to ask yourself, how did you end up where you are right now? And most people have not thought about that question because they have just kind of been moving along and going through the motions, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But at a certain point, you have to catch yourself in the midst of just floating through and stand up in the water and be like, okay, what is next? Where am I? How did I get here? And how do I move forward? The second thing you need to do to figure out if you are really ready for a new job is to track what you have done. Most of us show up, we get paid every week, bi-weekly, once a month, review season comes and goes, we get an accolade here or there, we get a shout out from our boss here or there, we get recognized for doing some good work here or there, but we have not been keeping track. We don't know what we've actually been doing over the last, even if you just look at the last year of your career, can you honestly say you have inventoried the things that you have done over the last year? Your answer to that might be yes, if you just finished a review season. But for many people, we let so much time go by before we actually sit and document 
the projects that we've worked on, the skills that we've gained, some of the, the courses that we've taken, the presentations that we've given, the spreadsheets that we've helped quantify and, and figure out all of the types of analysis that can come with doing anything inside of a spreadsheet, right? You have not paid attention to the, the, the data that you have dug into that you have helped flip to make sure that your company saved money or to make sure that you helped make another process efficient. We just do that every day because it's a part of our work, but we don't take time to actually list those things out. And I've actually created a download for this that will help you do that. And if you text TIFF South, that's T-I-F-F, S-O-U-T-H, that's TIFF with two Fs, to 444-999, then you will get this this, uh, career tracker worksheet. So again, if you text T-I-F-F-S-O-U-T-H, that's TIFF South, TIFF with two Fs, to 444-999, then you'll get this career tracker. But I think it is so important for us as employees, for you as an employee, to make sure you know what you have done and what you have accomplished. And I'm not just talking about things that were formally acknowledged for you. I, I'm just, I'm talking about the things that are significant to the work that you do every day that we minimize just because it is something that we do. As human beings, and particularly as women, we are notorious for downplaying our achievements, for discounting the things that, that other people find significant about the work that we do. And I want to encourage you to recognize that there is no time for not being able to point to the skill set that you have, the things that you have done, the accomplishments that you have been acknowledged for, even the small things like the email that somebody sent you doing a really good job. Document that stuff. This is really, really important if you are at a place and at a time in your career where you're thinking about applying for a new job, either internally at your company, externally, but especially if you're talking about making a career transition. So if you're talking about changing directions, making that hard right some into a new area that you are not familiar with, it is absolutely critical that you be able to at least inventory what you have done so you can then figure out how to move that and translate that experience into the next position that you're interested in and into the next industry that you're trying to move into. The third thing you need to do to figure out if you are ready for a new job is to examine where you are. And when I say examine where you are, I mean internally at your company. Where are you? What is your role? What is your title? How has your title changed? How have your responsibilities changed, even if there's been no corresponding title change? Are there opportunities for growth inside of your current company? Are there opportunities to grow in the role that you have right now in a way that may not result in a title change, but that helps you increase your skill set? Examine your relationships. Who are your mentors? Do you have mentors inside of your company? If you don't, that's an important answer to that question because that may give you some data that you might need when you're thinking about what kind of company you want to go to next. Who are your sponsors? Who are your advocates? And I want to just spend a little time differentiating between a mentor and a sponsor. A mentor is something like a confidant. That's somebody you can go to to talk about a specific challenge that you're having to kind of keep up to date about what you're what you're going through. Someone who has a little bit more seniority than you, who can kind of give you some advice on how to navigate situations. A mentor is someone who's both internal and external. They can be 
someone who has done the work that you're doing before. They could even be somebody in a different industry, someone who hasn't done the work that you do before, but they're someone you go to for sage counsel and advice, at, especially at specific decision points in your career. A sponsor, though, is usually somebody who is internal to your company and who has some sort of power or influence. And if they're not internal, they still have power and influence somehow, some way over decision makers who are connected to the work that you're doing. A sponsor is someone who can advocate for you when you are not in the room. A sponsor is someone who can push your name forward for opportunities that in a way that other people will be like, oh, well, Tiffany said that she would be good at this, so we should listen to her. We should consider this. And that is something that is crucial, 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 especially when you're talking about being a woman of color inside of an industry and how do sponsors come about? They come about by having very good reputations. They come about by having relationships with people who are connected within your organization. They come about by being visible and by doing really, really good work. And having the kind of presence that people recognize. So that is something that is that is complicated. I said a lot there. And it is not something that develops kind of overnight or develops one time. And you don't necessarily have to ask someone to be your sponsor. But that's something that develops with the reputation and with the work that you've done in your career. And that goes back to kind of the point that I just made before, tracking what you've done. When you look back over your career and you look back over the work that you've done in the last six months, one year, two years within your organization, then you should be able to point to opportunities and and things that you can say and you can put forth to someone and say, hey, I've done some really good work here over the last couple months. I've done some really good work here since I've been here. How can I continue to grow within this organization, within this department, within this team? The fourth thing you should do to figure out if you are ready for a new job is to see what's out there. So many people get so anxious when they are starting to look for a new job that they just go on Glassdoor, Indeed, Monster, LinkedIn, insert job search engine here, Google Jobs, and they just start looking and applying. And that is not the right way to go about it. There's a reason why this step, researching and seeing what's out there, comes forth in this list of five things that I have. Because once you have done the self-reflection that comes with the first three steps, now you can position yourself to know what you are looking for. When you have figured out what your career story is and how you ended up where you were right now and realize that, you know what, I got here by accident. I didn't want to do this at all. Now you can start to direct yourself in another way. When you can call out the skill sets that you've gained and the transferable skills that you have and the work that you have done that you have been recognized for inside your company, when you know what your responsibilities are and how they've grown, when you know who your mentors are and can go to them about for insight and advice, when you know who your sponsors are, now you can be more directed and focused in the in the search that you have and you can then be more mindful of what you're looking for. Things will start to jump out at you in a different kind of way than they would if you were just freestyling and just going and just applying to anything because it looked or sound interesting or the title was sexy or the company was sexy. Like that's not how you, that's not how you conduct an effective job search. So start to see what's out there. You at this point are not necessarily getting ready to apply, but you want to start seeing what the universe of opportunities look like before you decide on how you want to approach your job search. And the fifth and final thing that you need to do 
when you're trying to figure out if you're really ready for a new job is to refresh your resume and your LinkedIn profile. I put this at the very end because although it seems to be the most obvious and most important part of this process of getting ready to apply for a job, it is often approached way too early in the reflection process. So many people apply to jobs ineffectively, not because they're not qualified, not because they don't have a lot of opportunities to offer, but because they actually haven't presented themselves in the best way possible. And that's because they haven't done the work that I talked about in the first four steps of this process. And so what I want to encourage you to do, and I'm not going to go into resume tips and all that kind of stuff in this episode, but do the reflective work first. Do the internal work first before you just start get cl- cleaning up your resume that you haven't looked at in over a year and just start posting it places because that, again, you're going to end up discouraging yourself because you're not going to get the best kinds of opportunities because your resume is not really primed and poised for a recruiter who's really going to be interested in what you have to offer because it's just not ready. It's just not polished. It's just not kind of primed for the specific opportunity that you're applying for. So I want to just review those five steps to help you really get ready for applying for a new job and moving your career in a different direction. The first is reflect on your career story. The second is track what you have done. The third examine where you are. The fourth, see what's out there. And the fifth is refresh your resume and your LinkedIn profile. So in addition to offering this podcast episode with these five steps and some insight into kind of how to get started, I wanted to also go a little bit further and put together something that would be able to help you if you find yourself in this space right now where you appreciate your career, you are not necessarily running from your job with your pants on fire, but you have been thinking about, and this voice has kind of been coming up over the last several weeks or months, maybe even longer than that, that you are ready for a change. You know you've gained valuable skills where you are. You know you have more to offer than you're able to do in your current role and maybe even within your current organization. And you're ready to make a move or you're ready to start thinking about making a move, but you just don't know where to start. I have created this workshop series called Elevate Your Career. It starts June 17th. It goes for eight weeks. And at the end of this eight weeks, you will have a clear understanding of your career story. You will also be unequivocal about what you have to offer. And you will also know what you want going forward. And when I say what you want going forward, I'm not necessarily talking about the title and the the name of the company that you want to work for, but you know the kind of work that you want to do. You know the kind of role that you want to be in. And you will also have a personalized career search strategy. What are the things that you need to do to get from working in your current position to the kind of opportunity that you're looking for. You'll also have an updated resume, at least one version. I always recommend having at least two versions of your resume. And you'll also have a refreshed LinkedIn profile that now reflects the skills that you've gained. It reflects the things that you're looking for and the way that your skills transfer and translate into the industry or career or role that you're trying to move into. It's a virtual workshop series. There will be career assessments. There will be strengths assessments, group coaching, one-on-one coaching, 
personalized resume feedback from me. And you will also be able to have access to me daily through our private online community. There'll be weekly Q&A, all these great things over eight weeks, starting June 16th, excuse me, 17th. If you are interested, go to bit.ly slash ecareersuccess. The E stands for elevate, or you can go to the show notes for this week's episode to get the link. But again, the website is bit.ly slash ecareersuccess, and that will bring you straight to the page to find out more information and we'll let you know how to sign up. I look forward to seeing you there. Go to bit.ly slash ecareersuccess and join this program and other fly women who are about their career success business. Thank you for listening to episode 67 of How Does She Do It? I haven't done this in a while, but I wanted to read a review from the Apple Podcast app, and it comes from G.I. Davina, and it reads, Stellar Black Excellence. This is the stuff that Black Girl Magic is made of. I love hearing Tiffany talk about the issues that are current, ways to practically move forward in achieving your dreams, and overall encouraging others to pursue excellence, not just pretty. She is relevant, intelligent, insightful, and such a blessing. Keep pushing, girl. Thank you so much. I appreciate that review. I appreciate all of your ratings and reviews, and I'm going to get back to reading them on every episode. So if you would like your review read and read on the episode, (laughs) then go to the Apple podcast app, or you can go to your other podcast app, wherever you listen to this podcast. Actually do me a favor, go on Instagram, follow me, at Tiff South, Tiff with two Fs, and send me a message about how you listen to this podcast. I assume often that most people listen to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, but I want to know where else you're listening. So do me a favor and do that. And if you have questions, comments, thoughts, feel free to send me an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoAPodcast.com. Do not forget to check out the Elevate Your Career Workshop series at bit.ly slash ecareersuccess. And until next time be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.